Okay, guys, and we are back from the studio. It's 0-0 match two here. AWOD serving against Dylan, a formidable op opponent. Let's see what we got. Big volley starts off. Ooh, AWOD into the net, and it goes to Dylan. Um, what do you like this match? Well, I, I, I like it. Seems It seems like it'll be a little more athletic on, on moving laterally. Uh, he's, Dylan seems to have the good forehands and backhands and the ability to place the ball a little more. So we'll see. We'll see. I'm looking for a good match. Right. I think you're right here. Dylan, uh, a little more experience, a little bit more tournament appearances under his belt. And um, as we were talking, he just got the first point against AWOD. It is 1-0. Dylan, ooh, AWOD going for the back line winner, but just a little far. And Dylan is up 2-0. Um, I, like I like that, though. So go for the win. I think he's going to need it this game. Awad lays off the high ball and to his advantage, little deep. He takes back the serve. 0-2 Awad, and he's got Dylan's got. Oh, hits it into the ground. Goes back to Dylan 2-0, and uh, Awad look a little flustered out there. Well, I think I think as as I've known Awad is when there was a decent time between matches, and he gets a little stiff. So hopefully he can warm back up. Right, there was a little. Little extra time there that he's not like he's looking right into the sun too. Oh, just out. Awad doesn't like the call. So three zero Dylan here. Nasty serve by Dylan. Awad's crashing the net. Awad's trying to break it right here. Oh, oof! This could be a tough match for Awad here. Four zero. Dylan's thinking a commanding lead. We got a nice backhand from Awad here. Dylan crashes the net. Put it away there, Awad. Oh. There you go. He put the pressure on, crashed in the net, and now it is back to him, 0-4. You know, there's a full moon tonight. There could be something with the gravitational pull bringing the ball down the net. I'm not sure. There's the serve here, Ewad. Trying to get on the board. Oh, valiant effort from Dylan, but just a little too much mustard from Ewad. And now it's 4-1. to Ewad's on the board. We might have a comeback, Phil. We, we definitely might. I think I think you got to start with one, and then you get two, and then maybe even three, and you're back in it quick especially if there's some unforced errors on Dylan's part right there right on cue it's 4-2 a little splice on the serve goes right over the paddle and now it is 4-2 and uh, we got to keep that up here from Awad Ooh, Awad at the net oh, goes for the winner still just a little far man a couple inches closer and a couple different hits and we got a whole different ball game here sure, truly a game of inches Going back with the serve. Awad gets it there. He finally gets the winner down the line. That's what he's been looking for. I think he's honing in here. Yeah, he's going back to the trust, the trusty, trusty forehand down the line pass. That's a strong suit. We're going to need to see a lot more of that. Oh, he hits a lob shot. Dylan's ready for it. Oh, Awad doesn't quite get there for the return. I like mixing it up, though. I haven't seen many of the high arching ones yet. No, it's back to Dylan serve here. Four to two. Awad running up at the net. He's ready for it. Dylan's there. Awad doesn't put him away. Oh, into the net. And now it's four or two to four. Awad with the serve again. Awad. Awad. Oh man, he had a spike. It's, oh. <laughs> 
Oh, he wanted the kill shot, but just slurves right off the paddle, and that was a good that was a good rally right there. Okay, back to Doan here. Still four two. Oh, Awad's got to keep that out of the middle. He's hitting it. He's hitting it. He's keeping it in the middle and not really moving his opponent side to side. So he's got to. He's got to look. He's got to start looking for those those lines now. He does have to start looking for the lines. Make Dylan move a little. Right there. That's just what you call it. Right down the line. Dylan was in the middle, not in position, and huge, huge break right there because Awad needs to get some points. He's holding his knees right now. What's going on over there? Awad might be hurting. Unless it's a ploy. A classic rope-a-dope. I love to see it. 2-5. Oh, Awad's back. Oh, he's back with the spike. It's 3-5. Hyping himself up. He needed that. Oh, man. I wonder if this place sells cheesesteaks. I'm kind of in the mood for a nice, uh, cheesy, saucy uh, sub right now. Nothing better than greasy food when you're hungover in the morning watching pickleball. That's right. That's right. They should know the clientele here. Oh. Oh. Awad lets it go. And just like that, it's 5-5. Five to five. Awad on the comeback trail. Oh. Loses that one. It's back to Dylan. But I'm telling you what, that he's right back in it. We're going to 11. It is five to five. Dylan serve. Awad with the kiss. And Dylan wasn't there. And it's going back to Awad. Five to five. Awad's starting to feel it right now. Something's in the air, folks. Let me tell you. The lob shot from Dylan. Awad with the return. Ooh, just outside. I really wonder how much the sun's affecting him because it's hurting my eyes, and he's looking right at it. That's what he trains for. He looks at the sun for three minutes a day, every day, just in moments like these. <laughs> um, loses that one though. Six-five, Dylan. He takes the lead. Man, we got a barn burner here, guys. Awad with a nice return. Oh man, just misses it again. And now it is 7-5, Dylan. Awad flustered here. Oh, and a bad serve from Dylan makes it back to Awad. Okay. Look at this. A rally at the net. Back and forth, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, and just can't get it over. Woo! That's what we love to see. We love the long drop shots. We love the winners, but man, you can't beat a good just back and forth rally at the net here in Pickle Pickle Boo 2023. Let's go. Dylan serve again. A backhand from Dylan. A smash from Awad and he puts it through. Adams pumped in the court, pumping up his chest. The crowd is getting into it. We need to see more of that. Awad's got some power there, which we just haven't seen this game. Needs to let loose a little. Oh, there he goes. Here we go. Six to eight Awad on cue. A little, put a little spit on that serve. Dylan somehow returns. Awad crashes the net. He's looking for the big spike. Oh, but he switches it up. The oozy doozy. The dink and the dunk, folks. He was winding up for the spike and gives him the dink, and Dylan can't recover. Now it is eight to seven. Or sorry, seven to eight Awad. Rough serve there, and now it's back to Dylan, 8-7. Oh, Awad's 
looking. Oh, yes, sir. You know, it's crazy the amount of spin that Ewad puts on the ball. I don't know how he does it. Um, I may never know. But it gets me pumped. And, hey, Phillip is back. 7-8, man. We got a, we got a, we got a close match here. Awad puts him back in the corner. Dylan's moving his feet quick. I missed it. I, I stepped away to take a phone call about uh, scenic railway tickets in, in Goshen, Virginia, with the Shenandoah, and I come back and it's a tie game. Maybe I should maybe I should leave again. <laughs> Just like that, Awad's telling Philip to get off the court. He's in a zone right now. <laughs> I'm gonna go get a cheesesteak. <laughs> Philip might get a cheesesteak, but look, guys, it's nine eight. Awad's coming out of nowhere here. Dylan's a little flustered. But we know from previous tourneys, he's not going to give up that easy. Awad just got to keep the momentum and the mojo going. And just a little outside, and it goes back to Dylan here. And here we go. Big forehand from Dylan. Just out. He's putting his hands on his knees. He's playing heads, shoulders, knees, and toes, but he's got to get it. He's got to straighten himself out. He's got to straighten out. Otherwise, we may be looking at loser bracket. At a loser bracket here. Oh, get down! Doesn't quite get down. And I believe Dylan takes the lead there. No, nine nine. Ten nine. Oh, game point. Awad's got to look alive here, guys. He saves it. He saves it. Nine ten Awad. Nine ten Awad into the net from Dylan. A little bit of life left. Absolute fake out, like the snake eyes. Go left, deke right. Absolute pump fake. Speaking of snake eyes, the Arizona Diamondbacks are in the World Series. That starts tonight. That's true, but we got it. Just like that, Awad takes the lead. We do have the, maybe he's, maybe he's pulling a Diamondbacks mojo here, but Awad just takes the lead, win by two. 11-10 Awad here with a winning serve. Could it be? Into the net! Awad comes all the way back, and he wins against Dylan. Pyow! He rose from the dead. Rises from the dead. I can't believe it. Dios Muertes is soon, and Halloween. Day of the dead, baby. And you know, you know, the way he was holding himself up, it looked like he was going to cave early. I'm proud of our guy, Awad. He knows you can't, you can't take a set off, even though it's his best of three. You got to win the first, put the pressure on. Let's take a quick break. Back to the studio. We'll be back in a Okay, guys, and we're back. He did game two of the match. Awad takes the first set, 12-10, and a legendary comeback. But an errant, errant forehand, and he looks back at the commentators and says, no dice. Right, that's right. Game has started. Dylan is peeved off from the first one. He's, he's going to pull it all out on this. He's got nothing to lose. Oh, off the top of the net. Mm, Awad can't return. Let's catch in the score here. I believe it's 1-0 Dylan now. Awad power right there. Good eye there from Awad. A little deep on Dylan. I, I might have hit that, but he let it carry. The wind's blowing out. Great serve from Awad. Oh, we have a disputed call on the serve. Was it in or out? Redo. 
a gentlemanly redo. We love to see it here at the Pickleboo 2023. An eye for an eye without a referee. That's this right. Is, this is what we're playing with here, folks. That's oh. right. Oh, good, good hit by Awan there. <gasps> a little deep, a little too much power. Hone it in, hone it in, big dog. That's okay, though. So it's 0-1, back to Dylan's serve here. Off the top of Dylan's paddle, and it's now back to Awad. Good hit, Awad. We went from a gentlemanly handshake to hand-to-hand -hand combat real quick. That's right. It was a fake out. It's the classic shake your hand but grit your teeth like, I'm coming for you. Little dispute of the score. Awad's just checking. Could be a tactic. Get a little breather while he's asking for the score and pretends he can't hear. Oh, a smash down the line, but Dylan returns. A backhand from Dylan. Awad moves up, and he gets the winner. That's one of the prettiest plays. When you take that, that forehand and just spin it a little and just watch it ride, baby. Curve right in. Mm. Little banana split curve right there. I love That's to see one. it. That's a good one. I like that banana split. Smash from Awad. Woo! I'm getting hot. It's already hot in this suit, but let me tell you, I'm sweating now. Awad Army out there. Just know your guy is getting in it, and he's in it to win it. As I say that, he hits a dunk right into the net. Big dunk. Oof. So it's back to Dylan, but Awad did get a point there. It's one to two. Oh! Dylan gives him the thumbs up. It's a long, arching shot that just hits the back line. Four to one, Awad. And huge turnaround from last game. He was down big, now he's up. Can he hold on? Yeah. Ooh, can't get both calls here, but another close one. He's feeling it. He's really feeling it. But now we got one for Dylan. Dylan's wearing a long sleeve here. Interesting strategy. Dylan is swagged out here. Might be getting in Awad's head. We don't know. <gasps> Ooh, a little trickery from Awad, the magician. And it's back to Awad with, I think it is 4-2. So Dylan did get a point there. Checking out his garb. Oh, a misfire from Dylan, and Awa takes five to two while the ball goes in the other court. You know, while we're having a little break here, we'll catch up. It's Halloween weekend. We are at the Pickle Boo 2023 tournament. Um, $10,000 first prize, and Awad is 1 0, moving up steadily in the bracket. Um, I think he has a good shot. Just got to keep it up. Look at that form. Oh, Awad hanging sends on. Him, sends him over the green monster. Almost over the big green monster. He's hanging hands over feet over the fence, but he caught himself. Gotta love to see that. I uh, hope he didn't use too much energy on that, though, because he did lose the point. Big hit, Awad. Oh, into the net, though. He was keeping him on that back line. I feel like Awad's better when he's up close. Dylan's trying to pin him back, which is a smart veteran move. Oh, nice dink. And Dylan hits it a little long, and we're going back to A1. Five to three. You know what I'd love to see? I'd love to see a tweener. A1's got the bends. He's bending it out here. Call him Beckham. Call him Beckham. Beckham's banana split. I think it might be 7-3 Awad here. Um, oh, what a winner. Backhand. Awad's getting hype. Awad's screaming. A couple people are looking at who made that sound. Now it's eight to three. I apologize, folks. Eight to three. Oh, 
Awad runs. He hits another winner. He's jumping up and down. This guy may call out of work tomorrow. He's so happy. <laughs> I know. I, like I did today. And, you know, actually, in case they're listening, I'm no boss. I'm, I am <coughs> still sick. I did not at the pickleball tourney. But here we go. 9-3 to three, Awad trying to keep it going. Off the top of the net from Dylan, but Awad's there. A backhand from Dylan. What a rally, folks. Oh, good eye from Dylan there. A lot of back and forth, but Awad puts a little juice on there and it skies over. So it goes back to Dylan. But hey, that was a run. And now he's got a decent lead. He can play safe. See if Dylan messes up one here. Oh, a smash from Awad, and he wants the ball back just like that. Interesting there's no referee here. Both games. I think because they know these two guys are honest honest enough, they don't need a referee. Another banana. Another one. Oh, my goodness, folks. I mean, this guy is just painting it left and right. Dylan has no answer. It's 10-3. to Awad game and match point serve here. What was the game point? It was a match point. 10-3. And Awad's, look at his eyes. He's pissed off. And he gets it. And he gets it, folks. 11-3, not even another 2-0. And just like that, Awad undefeated, hasn't lost a set. And we got three wins. We got three wins. And, you know, we'll cut back We'll cut back here and get the interview. But, man, I am stoked to see. I mean, Awad, he's on fire, guys. He's the underdog. He's the underdog. He's making a storm. We'll see if he can continue. We'll be back shortly. All right, guys. We are here post-game, post-match, game two. Um... Dylan did not want to speak. Uh, he was a little flustered after that loss to Awad, but he did say once Awad started grooving, there was no slowing him down. Um, Awad here undefeated. What was the first set? 12-10, but you were way down. I mean, comeback, baby. That was awesome. Once again, I'd like to thank my beer belly for uh, not being too big for me here today, and uh, thank God and all the people above watching down on me and making sure that I can play in this pickle boo this year. So, of course, got to thank God before I do any of my postgame interviews like all the pro athletes out there. But, of course, um, no, I, I'm feeling good now. Uh, I was a little worried because there was like 30 minutes in between match one and match two. Was my body going to get tight? You know, I, I seem to pull a hammy almost every other week when I play. Uh, I was worried about my ankle a little bit. But, no, we're feeling good. Had a, a really tough first match. I mean, you guys were watching that. He was up on me. Um, I thought about calling timeout like we talked about, Philip, but I, I said, you know what, I'm going to keep it rolling here. Tied it at eight. Then he went up. He had a, a, a game point on me. That was I was worried about that, but took it to overtime. Got a 12-10 uh, win there. Right. And then um, and then game two, I was just feeling it, right? And so I think I figured out a little bit of a weakness of his. I was trying to attack his backhand. We talked about that, going more cross-court, and uh, that helped me get the win. Right. And you did dominate game two. But real quick, back to that game point when you were down. I mean, Philip and I, we had faith in you, but we were kind of worried. Like, man, he could be put away. Philip. Remind me, we saw something in Adam's eyes, Awad's eyes, down 10-11. What, what was he thinking there? I, I mean, he, he was thinking, I, I'm in it to win it. I'm, I'm not stopping until Vegas, you know. I, I'm going all the way, baby. And, and we, 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 we took a gamble, and we won. We, we hit big. That's, that's huge. I mean, it was huge, big time. Yeah, I mean, you're right. With, with game point, I was thinking, I've got to attack, right? Like, I've got to get to the net. I mean, Philip, you, you're kind of color commentating this, and – you, you were noticing he was attacking the net more than me the first game. And so I had to take it to him. And I thought I did a pretty good job of that. You definitely did. 
Yeah. So, so I guess my, my final question is, so in, in your transition, when you're down, what, what, what are maybe a few things you, you look to, to kind of reset, you know, do you, do you move to more coming to net for the volley? Do you work on more hitting it deep and, and moving side to side? Are you looking to dink? In, in that last match, what what really pushed you over the finish line, you know, to, to find those weaknesses and come back? Honestly, I think it was my backhand, right? You know, I talk all about how I have so much confidence in my forehand down the line or ba- or cross court, but my backhand cross court was actually winning me a few points. And so to reset myself, I kind of was just looking for the open spots on the court. And I really did notice that when I, he was coming to the net, you know, and I had a backhand. If I went across court there, there was times where he couldn't even get to it. Right. Um, and then it was just staying in it, really, because we, you noticed. I mean, we had a couple points that were we were both at the net. You know, smash, 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 back and forth, back and forth. And I felt the confidence grow as I started winning all of those close points. Right. And uh, that was a key to my victory. Right. Hey, we saw it, man. And let me tell you. We were calling it, you had some splurve there. You were putting some splurve just in the, there's nothing Dylan could do. He was, uh, there's no answer. And all I got to say is, you're on fire right now. I haven't lost a set. Don't want it to go to your head. But underdog story coming up. I'm interested to see who the third opponent's going to be and if they'll have enough to take down AWOD. Back to the studio. Back to the studio. <laughs> Pickleboo. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new Sports Radio 910 The Fan, now at 105, 1 FM. So broadcasting live throughout the show today, and uh, we got a couple of guys giving play-by-play and, and the color. And so I'm through my first two matches, two victories, but uh, I've looked at the bracket, and this is where I feel like it's going to get difficult. But right now, talk a little Washington Commanders joining me. Right now, here on the new Sports Radio 910, the fan is David Harrison. What's going on, David? Hey, what's up, man? How you been? I'm doing good. Just want to apologize for being out of breath, man. I've been playing uh, 60 minutes of pickleball already today. <laughs> no, I don't blame you at all. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so uh, big-time matchup for the Commanders against the Eagles. And to me, it feels like their season could really come crumbling apart if they can't get a victory on Sunday, I get it. The Eagles are one of the best teams in the NFC and probably the best yeah. team in the division. But after that first matchup, I feel like the locker room has to feel like this is a winnable game. Yeah, it's definitely a winnable game, you know. And, and I think that that's kind of like you said, two things that I think are really accurate uh, right there. That this is a team that really has the talent and ability to match up against, you know, pretty much any team in the NFL, you know. And, and I think a lot of teams can say that it really boils down to. Uh, execution and you know some of it is scheme obviously but just just executing cleanly and executing the plays uh, and the calls and your responsibilities properly and and we've seen this team do that against really high caliber teams like the Eagles the first time like you mentioned but like you also said this really is a must win and and it's coming up against one of the best teams in the National Football League and that's a terrible situation to be in but that's what happens when you lose games against the Chicago Bears and you lose games against the New York Giants who are not only teams that you should be able to match up against, but teams that honestly you should be able to beat uh, by more than probably even a touchdown just based on the talent on the roster uh, because the back half of the schedule is always what we've been looking at saying this team needs to stack wins early to help them get through, you know, kind of like hibernate for the cold winter, stack <laughs> those wins so that they can sustain you through the year, and they have not done that so far. 
Yeah, no, absolutely right. And with the trade deadline coming up in just a few days, they're going to have some decisions to make directly following the game on Sunday. I thought it was quite interesting that when reporters asked Montez Sweat if he wants to play mm. in D.C., his answer was kind of like, well, it's a business. Of course, I like my teammates here, but it's a business. I, I don't know, man. What do you think? Do you do the commanders make a move trading either Chase Young or Montez Sweat following this Sunday's game? You know, I think that a lot of it hinges on the result, right? I think if you if you if the Commanders beat the Eagles, uh, you know, it doesn't it doesn't erase Chicago, it doesn't erase New York, but if they beat the Eagles, then you kind of have that that reinstatement of you know this is a team that can get this done, and this is a team, you know, if you if you beat the Philadelphia Eagles, you look at the rest of the schedule, and every other team is beatable except for maybe a healthy 49ers team if they get back to playing the way they were, uh, you know, before the, the last couple of weeks. So. You know that that kind of uh, kind of hinders the willingness to sell. You know, and that that's where you get into the buyer buyers market or sellers market. And if if you if you can pull that off, you almost turn into a buyer. But I really feel like this is a team that's in a situation where they're either going to stay in pat or they're going to start selling off pieces. And if they lose to Philadelphia, uh, yeah. especially if they lose to Philadelphia, ugly. I mean, we we certainly could see some some players get moved. Yeah, I mean that's kind of my feeling about this game. It's either going to be. Ugly, and the Eagles win easily, or the Commanders, you know, scratch and claw and fight and uh, maybe win it with a late field goal in the fourth. David Harrison with us on the hotline. Follow him on social media, dharrison82, covering the Washington Commanders uh, and the host of Locked On Commanders. So everyone wants Josh Harris, new owner, to make a move, right? I've called mm -hmm. for Ron Rivera's job. I, I don't know why he didn't have a halftime speech uh, a few weeks ago. I mean, ever since that, I've been saying uh, he's checked out on the team. A lot of people want Jack Del Rio. Some people are in on Eric Bieniemy. Some people are out on him. Some people say, hey, we should yeah. give him the opportunity to be the head coach. Some say he hasn't earned it yet. But Josh Harris did make one move, and I really like it. All right, He brought in mm -hmm. Eugene Shen as the senior vice president of football strategy yesterday. What does senior vice president of football strategy mean to you, David? That's that's the question, and I don't know if I really <laughs> have a specific definition for that. But I think what it what it really means is, you know, obviously analytics is, is a growing uh, growing part of, of the game, and not just the NFL game, but across across all you know major sports. Um, I actually just had Sam Schwartzstein on my Locked On Buccaneers uh, program because the Buccaneers play Thursday night football. Sam Schwartzstein is the analytics expert for Prime Video. So I, I did a lot of talking with him, and, and I like to consider myself someone who kind of has a grip on like on analytics and how to properly use them. And you know, some of the stuff that we talked about pre-interview, in-interview, and even post-interview, like he's blowing my mind away. I'm like, man, okay. So I think it's important to have people on staff who really understand this. Like this is their niche. You know what I mean? Because like you almost look at it as like a medical staff. You know, like Ron Rivera knows what it's like to have a rolled ankle and to be a linebacker in the National Football League but he's not a doctor. Well, I think in, in the same situation, Ron Rivera understands analytics. He understands what they mean for the game and kind of what they, what they direct him to do, but he's not an analytics guy. That's just not his route and that's not his base. But, you know, this, this new hire, Eugene, like that's his base. That's his business. So I think it's really smart because it is a growing part of this game. Get someone in the building that this is their thing. Like he may not be, he, be, he may not be able to tell you where to change Sam Howell's arm slot on a throw, to make him a better quarterback, but he can tell you what the analytics say and how it impacts strategy. So I think it's a brilliant move. The question for me, honestly, is was this a Ron Rivera move or was this a Josh Harris move? I don't know that we'll you know get that answer you know in, in the near term, but to me that it's it's a little bit of a you know who really brought this guy in and yeah. who really made this decision because that kind of shows you the direction of control of the team. 
Yeah, and, and I kind of want to just give Josh credit for making the move, right, and not waiting till uh, the off season to bring in one of his guys. And uh, I want to take a step back, all right? So Commanders lose to the Bills 37-3. It was a blowout loss. Mm. And I, I think the sack issue has been an issue all season long, but the Bills game brought it to light because the offense always scored three points. A total stinker, and everyone talked about, yeah, I mean, Scott Turner scored at least seven points in every game except for one, I believe. So it was the first right. time where you got people to question Coach Eric Bieniemy. Then you lose to the Eagles, but you score 31. Then you have the blowout loss to the Bears, but you still score 20. And then the Falcons game where you win and you score 24 points. And after that game, I was telling everyone, I don't think the sack issue is a big deal because sacks are not turnovers, right? Sacks are not turnovers. But in that Giants game, they almost were because they were drive killers and they were forcing Mm -hmm. the team to punt and go three and out. Um, So, yeah, the sack issue is a huge problem. What do you think they're going to do to adjust to it this weekend? I mean, I think you. I think you should expect to see a little bit of what we saw in the second half against the New York Giants, and and I know there's a lot of people frustrated about you know the fact that it even took that long to start doing this stuff. I know some of us have been kind of calling for some of this stuff, but you know it's it's interesting because Coach Rivera said after the game uh, against the Giants, you know what what changes were made in the second half. He said, well, really, we just did more of what we did in the first half. We just did it better, and maybe we did it a little bit more often. And to a certain extent, that's true. To a certain extent, that's not true. What's not true about it is we didn't see the eligible tackle come in and put a little put an extra offensive lineman on the field now you know the problem with that is you have now you have a young quarterback who has one fewer weapon on the field so there, there's obviously an inherent flaw in, in that on that that strategy uh but what we did see and what i don't think well, a lot of us and i say media really knew that we saw early in the game until we went back and watched was able to watch the tape is you know in that first 15 the first 15 plays we see uh, Eric Bieniemy and Sam Howell uh, run, which are widely considered the scripted plays. You actually saw more 12 personnel, more 13 personnel than I think we've seen in the past. And it doesn't mean we saw a lot of it, just more of it. So I think that the shift towards understanding that, you know, this might be a situation where Sam needs maybe one fewer receiver on the field and a, and a couple of extra ticks uh, to make that decision. That might be the best way to go here. But at the same time, and going back to talking to Santana Moss, Brian Mitchell after the game, like they kind of pointed out the whole thing where, you know, the quarterback has to do some things as well pre-snap to, to help out a struggling offensive line to make sure the scheme is, is, is done effectively. And there's one specific play, and I can't remember the, the entire context of it, but, you know, the New York Giants come up, they're showing an obvious man coverage, heavy blitz, there's a deep safety. Uh, it was about 15, 18 yards off the line of scrimmage, and as soon as the ball is snapped, Terry McLaurin is running a deep over, and he's immediately got his hand in the air saying, throw it to the wide open left side of the field, and I'll go run and catch it. Just throw it away from the defender because pressure is coming. Terry sees it. Sam doesn't and ends up in a sack on a third down play, and that's the maturation of the quarterback that you need to see because Terry obviously sees it because he's a veteran. He's smart. He knows his game inside and out. We just got to get Sam there from a, from a coaching perspective if you're on that staff, and I think that's where they're going to continue to work. But again, to your point, you know, you'd rather take those sacks than turnovers. Obviously, you'd rather have neither. But if you got to choose one, you're going to want to live with the sacks because him taking the sacks is what led to the commander's defense being able to hold the Giants to 14 points. If he's trying to get the ball out too quickly and, and putting in danger, that 14 points all of a sudden could turn into 20, 21 points off of a pick six or just giving the Giants a short field. So, you know, it, it's not the poison you want to drink, but it's the poison you can recover from where the other one, like you mentioned, uh, is a true killer. Yeah, I mean, Terry McLaurin's certainly frustrated. He uh, spoke his mind after the game. Same with Jonathan Allen. So you can see there's a lot of frustration in that locker room. And it's just unfair to McLaurin, the fact that he's had to play with 
young and inexperienced quarterbacks over and over again or a guy that's over the hill and just can't throw him the football. And he's so talented. Uh, I do expect instead of just taking a sack for Sam to throw more just 50-50 balls and see if McLaurin can come down with the big grab. David, thanks so much for the time, man. I appreciate it. Uh, will you be covering the game this Sunday? Yeah, I do. I do plan on being out there. I'm a little sick this weekend, but I'm starting to feel a little bit better. Um, so I do plan on being out there at FedEx this weekend. Well, we appreciate you taking the time, man. Thanks a lot. Yes, sir. appreciate you. Yep, so we're live from the 2023 Pickle Boo. I just got the text. I am back in the queue getting ready for match number three. Uh, so we got Gary Hess coming up next, but I might have to cut Gary off short uh, if I'm needed on the pickleball courts as we're broadcasting live from the 2023 Pickle Boo here at Pouncey Track in Richmond, Virginia. Don't go anywhere. Don't change that dial. I'll be right back. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio. Here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. Richmond's home for the Washington Commanders. You can hear that game Sunday against the Eagles. Richmond's home for the Hokies. And, of course, VCU basketball. As the VCU fans walking by me right now, we're all fired up for the season. But you can always hear the high school football broadcast game of the week right here on 910 The Fan. It's Coach Criswell alongside Gary Hess, the czar and the sports director, as he joins me right now on the hotline. What's going on, Gary? How's it going, man? Happy Friday. Yeah, man. Have you heard any of this show today? I'm out at the Pickle Boo. I've played my first two matches. Uh, It has been a success, but uh, I'm exhausted, so I don't know how I'm going to have to play two more. (laughs) (laughs) You're not in mid-season pickleball shape. (laughs) I'm not in any shape. I'm I'm really not. (laughs) All right, so uh, the game tonight that will be broadcast on 910 The Fan is Hopewell at Dale. Give me the preview. So Hopewell and Dale are longtime Central District rivals. This game goes back to the 50s. It's a great battle every year. And the interesting thing here is is playoff positioning. Thomas Dale currently the number one seed. In uh, in in six in re, in Division Six Region B and Region A, excuse me, and uh, by a thread, trying to hold off Highland Springs for that top spot, and so need a win tonight. Meanwhile, Hopewell is in the top spot in Region Three A and is trying to hold on because if you, you get that number one seed, that means for three rounds of the region playoffs, you get to play at home, and so. Uh, both teams are, are eyeing that home field advantage. Both teams are also eyeing these. The, the the boundaries border each other, so this is one of those rivalry games, and uh, we're excited to have it tonight. Early start though, five thirty air, six o'clock kick. Gary Hess is the sports director here at WRNL and the voice of high school football for thirty years in Richmond, Virginia, and we team up with Lane Casadante and CBS Six for the nine ten the fan. CBS 6 coaches poll. Any changes? Let me hear the top 10, Gary. Hopewell jumped back into at number 10, now 6-2 and two this week. The rest of things pretty much uh, stayed the same with Huguenot uh, getting upset last week by Cosby. Uh, the uh, TJ moves up from 10 to 9. The top eight remained exactly the same. Eighth was Glen Allen, seventh Matoica, seven, uh, seven Matoica, six Benedictine, five Dinwiddie, four Verina, Three Manchester uh, and two Thomas Dillon, number one Highland Springs. And then Saturday, Verina, 
at Highland Springs. It's always a highly anticipated matchup, but this year, Verina just played Tuesday? How's that fair, Gary? Yeah, the Verona Blue Devils had a game uh, rained out against Hermitage on a Thursday, way back to Thursday after Labor Day, and the makeup game was put in to, on Tuesday. Verona played Hermitage Tuesday night and came away with a eked out a 7-6 to six win and now turns around and plays this game on Friday, um, on Saturday, excuse me, against the Springers. And the Verona Holland Springs game is one of those games that's just, no matter what the records are, it's compelling theater. It's the two marquee programs in the East End. The place will be packed. It is going to be amazing, and we're excited to have it 1230 right here tomorrow on Sports Radio 910 The Fan. Coach Chris and I doing double duty this weekend. Gary, I'd like to show some love to the private schools here in Richmond. What's the latest with Benedictine, Trinity, and the rest? So uh, next Friday, we don't usually announce our games in advance, but we've gone ahead and announced this. Next Friday, <laughs> Benedictine and Trinity meet. The game is being moved under the lights. They'll play it at Huguenot High School, 7 o'clock kick, and that's going to be our game of the week next Friday. Um, I've been doing this 30 years. I've never called a Benedictine game. I've never called a Trinity game, and I'm going to cross them both off my list next Friday. Benedictine, of course, undefeated Trinity has had a couple of slip-ups with some significant injuries, but they're getting healthy at the right time. And uh, these two teams have really gone out at the last few years. They've played twice um, in the last couple years in state championship games in the private school league. And so this one is a big one, and that's going to be our game next Friday. And uh, excited that they have uh, decided to put this game center stage and make it a Friday under Friday Night Lights. 910 The Fan is proud to be the home of the high school football broadcast game of the week. Of course, it's Gary Hess, who's on with me now, alongside the coach, Gary Criswell. And the playoff chase, two weeks to go. Give my audience a little update, Gary. Okay, so uh, in Division Six, very close points battle for the top three spots between Thomasdale, Highland Springs, and Manchester. Uh, one, two, three. That being, uh, you know, that comes into play in the second round with who gets to play at home. In Division Five, it's a very tight battle. Uh, Matoica is currently in the second spot in that regional bracket. Uh, Douglas Freeman has gotten up into the fourth spot along with Hermitage, and so the battle for maybe a first round home game. And Elsie uh, Bird's in that uh, in the bottom half of that bracket as well in Division Four. Boy, that's going to be a, an amazingly tough bracket. Verina's in that bracket. Dinwiddie, uh, Huguenot, Powhatan, and teams are still uh, fighting for position there. And then in Division Three, Hopewell and Thomas Jefferson are in different uh, brackets, and they are uh, both number one seeds right now. And I want to give a shout out to TJ. Now a perfect seven and zero playing Armstrong tonight, a 5-2 and two Armstrong team over at Hovey Field. They are playing uh, at the Hovey Field. Uh, Adam is the, is the home uh, stadium for Virginia Union uh, University. And so um, the high schools get the college stage tonight over at Hovey Field at Virginia Union. And uh, Armstrong at TJ uh, going to put city football in the spotlight uh, tonight. And so that's kind of how the – you know, there are other teams involved uh, in, in a few spots, but um, – those are the teams really positioning to make some noise in the playoffs. And, of course, can't uh, close out the segment with Gary Hess without asking him, who would you like to spotlight this week with high school football in Richmond? Well, I've got a couple of uh, uh, shout-outs for you this week. First of all, Colonial Heights, who uh, has made quite a comeback. Last year, 
uh, made the playoffs for the first time in decades. This year, 5-3, and three, and in uh, 3A is currently, I believe, in that five spot. And if, if the Colonials can win their final two games, this week against Petersburg and a showdown with TJ next week, uh, they'll get a home playoff game for the first time in school history. So Colonial Heights is trying to get that done. And I mentioned it briefly earlier, but I also wanted to give a shout-out to Cosby, who last week pulled the upset of Huguenot uh, 27-26 in overtime. So you just never know on a, on a week-to-week basis uh, what's going to happen in high school football around the RBA. Also, James River, huge rivalry game with, Man- with Midlow every week. James River came from behind, scored in the final minute, and got the win 13-12. to So uh, some uh, amazing uh, results last week, and I did want to mention those before we wrapped it up. Well, Gary, I just got my text. Uh, I am up next in the 2023 Pickle Boo. Any words of advice for me? Yes. Um, uh, don't get hurt. That's my advice. <laughs> All right. I'll try to follow the, those words of advice. Thanks so much, man. Always fun having you on the show. Have a great weekend, brother. Yep. You're listening to AWOD Radio on the fan. It's round three coming up next.